When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start up your Friday right here on B&E. Start up your weekend. Be an extended one for many. On the 4th of July, the 4th of July on Tuesday. Nick Shuley is with us. Appreciate him being in the house. Got here early. You're right on time, my friend. You're a punctual guy. I was, I was trying. I was trying to make sure I wasn't late. <laughs> uh, doing good stuff. Also, Ty Henderson is here, who for the second consecutive night slept on the uh, couch cushions of our studio after a night at Deep Eddie Cabaret. He's looking good, though. Feeling good. He always looks good, man. I think that's uh, pretty wise. You're, you know, if, you're, if you have the ability, just come here, just get an extra time sleeping, and uh, I'll wake you up when I open when I get here. No, yeah, I got like three hours. <laughs> oh man, a solid three. Solid really, three. Really refreshing. Oh, not enough. Not enough. All right, uh, so a lot to do. We're going to talk to Gene Watson. Talk some Major League Baseball at the bottom of the hour. All Star Game starters were announced. The Rangers have a record four. Starters for that All-Star game on July the 11th. Astros and Rangers with a big weekend series opening tonight uh, on the AL West. That should be fun. Also talk with him about um, what Shohei Otani is doing in Major League Baseball. He worked with Shohei for a year in Anaheim. Get some thoughts from Gino coming up. Also the uh, Coach's Corner, some hot or not topics. So right now, let's go straight to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline and bring to the airways one of the best to ever do it at the University of Texas. And now back in Austin, of course, a great NFL player as well. He was uh, three times a first-team All-Big 12 player, a two-time consensus All-American, and after his senior season in 2004, won the Nagurski, Lambert, and uh, Butkus Awards as the nation's top defensive player and linebacker. He is our good friend Derek Johnson. Derek, how are you, bud? I'm doing well. Thank you. Appreciate you doing this. How are, how are things? I know you're busy with a lot of kids. What are you, up to five kids now? <laughs> six actually but six <laughs> oh wow counting. but uh <laughs> no uh uh yeah the summers are always busy for me uh but i, I i'm i'm enjoying it uh i'm not I'm not playing as, as much golf as i want to because of the kids schedules but uh uh you know yeah, golf can wait yeah summers with six children will will keep you busy there's no doubt about that uh how is that golf game last time i saw you was at a golf tournament and uh uh are you are, when you get to play are you playing pretty well I, I, I'm, I'm I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You know, with golf, I mean, golf is a bad habit now. I'm, I'm mad I picked it up. I mean, it's so fun and addicting, but it's it's frustrating at times because that little that little ball is just sitting there and it's just like it's all it's all you. You know, nobody else can uh, mess it up. And uh, it's it's been it's been going pretty good uh, up and down, but uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it at the end of the day. He's also one of the greatest Kansas City Chiefs uh, that's ever ever been playing defense there in the NFL. Uh, Derek, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this past year. I'm, I'm assuming you were at least a part of that and cheering for Patrick Mahomes and the guys to to win another one. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a chief at heart, uh, played for him for 13 years. So I bleed red and happy for Andy Reid because I played five years with him. Best head coach I've had. And uh, I tell you what, man, he's just been killing it. I mean, uh, I think it helps to have <laughs> Pat, Pat Mahomes, uh, you know. Uh, he actually was a rookie my um, last year at the Chiefs. So he was our scout team quarterback. He he was he used to kill us in practice. So I was like, man, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> this guy's pretty good. You faced a lot of quarterbacks in your day. Uh, you know, the consensus right now is that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league and on his way to being one of the best of all time. What do you see from him when you watch him, either, as you said, when he was a scout team quarterback or now, you know, in his, in his sixth year, that makes him different? What separates him from, from other quarterbacks at that position? Well, I – First of all, you got to have the ultimate confidence at the end of the day, especially from a quarterback position. That's the hardest position. Uh, that's the most valuable position at that, too. But uh, uh, just being very consistent and, and confident, that's exactly what um, 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 Patrick is. And uh, I tell you what, he's just hes just getting better. You, you would think, like, man, you know, he a couple of years ago, you're like, man, he couldn't get – couldn't get better, and he just he just keeps getting better. Doesn't matter what team that they assemble, put together. You bring in guys, bring bring guys out, uh, acquisitions here and there through the off season. But if you if you remain uh, uh, consistent at that one position, uh, at the quarterback position, um, Pat Mahomes is <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna win a lot of games for you know until he's done. So uh, it's it's pretty fun. It's fun to be a chief right now. I wish. I was a little bit uh, uh, um, younger, or, or or Pat was a little bit older. Somehow we overlapped a lot, uh, but you know it, it is what it is. Uh, Derek Johnson is with us, uh, living back here in Austin, doing great work, and we want to talk about your charitable uh, efforts here coming up, uh, but also on these Longhorns because you you bleed red with the Chiefs, but you bleed burnt orange with the Longhorns, and a lot of optimism here coming into the 2023 season, the final in the Big 12 that uh, Steve Sarkeesian and um, you know this staff has put something together and pretty special that 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 can be quite a quite an end to their run in the Big 12 conference. Yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely. I'm glad you said that. I, uh, I said I bleed red. I bleed burnt orange too. Definitely, uh, that's exactly why I'm here, stationed in Austin, uh, uh, and being able to be around the 40 acres and being able to uh, be around uh, just excellence and the tradition of the Longhorns. But the football team, man, I, I you know, we uh, high hopes every year, regardless of what happened the year before. Um, I, I'm excited about this year, honestly. Uh, I'm 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 a Sark fan. I'm I'm a Coach Sark fan. So I think he he uh, um, uh, he knows what he wants, and he's building a culture here uh, that's going to last. And uh, bringing the right recruits in, that's really really going to help him uh, prolong everything. But uh, um, we're turning the corner. We're turning the corner, and um, hopefully this year and the following year will be the year. But um, I'm excited about it. I mean, I go up at times. At, Watch the guys practice, uh, being able to uh, mentor some of the guys when I'm up there just because of uh, uh, my status, uh, what I did at UT. Um, they really uh, appreciate the young guys are really just soaking up knowledge. So whenever I'm around there, it's, it's pretty cool to, uh, to, be, uh, to be involved and be in the locker room with those guys. It's interesting because, uh, you know, Derek, I've been doing this show and been been on the radio in Austin since you were playing way back. And I, this the, this current team for Texas and where Steve Sarkeesian has the program, 
kind of reminds me of, of kind of the year you got here, the 2001. Mac had been here three years, and, you know, you could tell the recruiting classes were trying to stack up. Mac was building that culture. You know, fans were still antsy and, and you know, wanted more, but you could kind of see where it was going. Uh, did you sense a little similarities there between when you got here in 2001, 2003, 2004, kind of what you're seeing right now with Texas? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And in college, it's a little, you know, uh, a little different. You gotta, you, you gotta recruit well. Gotta recruit well. And when you do that, you, you know, these guys are here for three or four years at a time. So you really gotta make sure you're accurate <laughs> with the recruiting and getting the right guys. You know, uh, it was a um, um, the reason we won a lot of games back in the day is because we had some guys that were a little bit better than everybody else. You know, <laughs> you have a few guys like that. <laughs> You have a few guys like that. It's just it's, it, it, it helps your program. It helps other people raise their game, and uh, uh, and, and it's a good look. It's a good look. So I, th- I think we're trading in the right direction, and uh, uh, I'm excited about this year. There's no no way if you're a Longhorn fan you can't be excited about uh, what they're doing and, and just the just the potential that we have. Have you did you have you gotten to spend any time with a guy like Jalen Ford and then the, the the freshman Anthony Hill and those linebackers? There's some people saying that Anthony Hill, the the five star kid from Denton, uh, kind of reminds them of you a little bit when you got here out of Waco. Uh, they're they're putting some talent at that position as well. And Jalen Ford coming back is big because he's the you know the center of that defense. Absolutely, uh, man. Uh, I, I, whenever I, I'm up there to uh, do you know uh, talking with the linebackers or even watching practice, man, you see a guy like Anthony Hill, <laughs> you say, wow, this, you know, uh, uh, of course he's going to get better mentally and, and figure the game out because he's a young guy, but he's just, he's just a specimen if you look at him, just a freak of an athlete. And mindset-wise, he's already there. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a killer at mindset. So that's the kind of people that we want on defense and being able to uh, for him to play this year uh, coming in and out. And uh, however he – shapes out that's going to be well he's definitely going to play this year yeah that's the guy that uh regardless of if he's young or not you like you got to put this guy on the field uh and Jalen Ford I mean uh what a job well done from him just kind of just coming out of nowhere really you know nobody's like man who is 41 who is Jalen Ford you know and he's just he's just stacking uh good good games after good games and become a uh, premier player, uh, a special player, honestly, and he's getting better and better. He's he, he's a guy that I've talked to, sat down and watched film with, uh, which is pretty cool to see uh, how humble he is, but he's hungry at the same time. Uh, so I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm a defensive – I'm a football head, but I'm a defensive uh, at heart, defensive-minded at heart. So the offense, I, I know they have some things that they're doing on the offense side of the ball, but I'm all I'm all defense. So I'm all like geared <laughs> towards defense and what they're what they have going on. I can't I can't wait, man. This is it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a pretty pretty special season. So I can't wait. Yeah, Derek, and I know this is Nick. Uh, what's going on, man? Uh, I know, I know. We met through uh, through the charitable side of what you do, and I wanted to, you know, to give you the chance to talk about the the Defend the Dream Foundation and all the things you're doing in the community, and you know, providing opportunities and and resources to the young kids. It sounds like you're doing it, you know, on the, obviously with the with the younger football kids, but also I wanted you to get a chance to talk about that and and you know all the amazing things that are happening. Oh, absolutely, uh, man! I, everything I do, I try to I try to serve, um, serve serving my family, <laughs> you know, with, with the six kiddos, the wifey, you know, uh, uh, being able to serve uh, UT uh, football athletics, uh, being able to uh, put my knowledge out there, 
and uh, being able to serve uh, uh, the community uh, to where I live, trying to make a difference, trying to influence uh, in, a, in a great manner uh, people that are less fortunate than me. So my foundation, Defend the Dream, uh, helps uh, inner city kids through education. Uh, and we go in and uh, build uh, makeover libraries uh, in Title I elementary schools. So it's it's pretty cool uh, experience for us uh, just going in and being able to to highlight uh, the heart of the school, which is the library, and uh, being able to provide age-appropriate books for these kids and kind of doll it up, paint you know, nice paint on the wall, fat heads, and just just kind of liven that environment up because they say inner-city kids are uh, a product of their environment. So what I want to do is uh, make their environment better. And uh, it, it's it, Austin's been uh, supporting me big time when you come to. Uh, you talk about COVID Cadillac, you talk about uh, Kendra Scott. I mean, just everybody's jumping on board knowing that uh, this 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 is all about uh, helping underprivileged kids. And uh, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about it, stoked about it. Rightfully so. And this is a charitable event organization. You started when you were in Kansas City, still playing for the Chiefs, Derek. And, I mean, literacy, reading, libraries. I mean, this is uh, it's the heartbeat of a, of a school for sure is the way you said it. I like the way you put that. And, obviously, a kid, a child can't succeed uh, in any realm if they can't, you know, read. And uh, I know you're, you're, the, yep. son, you're the, the son of, uh, of educators, so I know uh, literacy and reading and, and education is really, really important. You've got six kids of your own. Uh, it's huge, and uh, we appreciate what you're doing for this community. But how did it work in Kansas City? And as you said, how is it picking up here in Austin? Man, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate that uh, compliment. Uh, but yeah, um, it's I, I started it in in uh, in, in Kansas City. I, I've, I've done a lot of things throughout the years, and I just needed something. About 2013 to 14, I, saw, I, I needed something where I say, man, I, I want to make a bigger impact. I didn't want to uh, something that I'm really, really passionate about. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of different charitable. Um, things that I that I've done over the you know before I had my foundation, but I wanted something that hit home for me and that was an extension of me. And my mom's a school teacher for over 40 years, so being a being a son of a teacher of educator, I know how important education is for kids, especially inner city kids, because that's the way out. If they want to change their their circumstance, they want to um, do something great. Education has to be the key. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, what they want to be in life, education has to come first. So being able to jump behind literacy, being able to provide uh, resources that help them to, you know, reach their full potential at the end of the day is uh, is what I'm all about. So uh, being able to retire, um, and and I was off about a year or so, and then I was like, man, I got to pick my foundation back up uh, because it was in Kansas City, but now it's here in Austin and doing bigger and better things. Everything in in Texas is bigger and better, so I'm pretty, pretty, pretty excited about it. Well, it's such a great cause, and we'd love seeing the the former Longhorns come back, uh, set down roots here, and do great things like you are. Derek, thanks so much, and let us know if we can do anything for the the foundation. We're always here to to get some words out and uh, talk about it and let you you express what's going on down there, because it is such a great thing for our community, and uh, certainly you're uh, uh, glad to have you back as part of this community uh, after your playing days in the National Football League. Derek, we appreciate it, my friend. All right, thank you so much. All right, there's Derek Johnson. That's good stuff right there. That is, you know, one of the best to ever do it. When we talk about uh, Longhorn Mount Rushmore's, right, of great players, you certainly stay on the defensive side of the ball, there's no doubt. He's right there with Tommy Novus, 
Actually, it's a short list, but it's a good. I mean, there's been some great defensive players play football for the University of Texas, and uh, he is certainly way high. He set a standard. He's he's big time. Uh, and optimistic about this year. It does remind me, you know, because Mac Brown got here in 1998, and his third year was 2000, and then 2001 was his fourth, and that's when Derek Johnson rolled in. And it was you could you know the the winning wasn't where it, you could see it coming I guess is what you would say, uh, and and you know for for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns uh, Nick you haven't seen the wins yet eight last year over after a five year first year where they kind of cleaned out some things and it does feel like uh, Sark is building something we talked with uh, uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey earlier this week and he talked about the the culture of the team the the camaraderie of the team the coaching staff. Uh, Derek Johnson's been down watching, and it's not just us, you know, getting excited about what this team can be this year. I think uh, I think a lot of folks who who have been close to it feel like something something special can happen in 2023. Yeah, and the, and the, the, it definitely feels different being around a lot of the kids at these events and just hearing them talk and the way they the way they carry themselves, the way they're talking about the season, the way they're talking about how how practice has been going. It is. It, I, I would call it it's more business-like than it's ever been, and they just think it's – you can tell the mentality's there, and they're they're expecting to win, and that, I think that's that's that feeling that we had around the program a long time ago, or, you know, in the, in the mid, you know, 2005, 2006, sure. like all the way to 2010. Like, it just felt like that, or 2009. Well, and one other thing is I'll say for Coach Sark, and by the way, let's dive into our Coach's Corner at this point. It's right after 7.15, uh, after a conversation with Derek Johnson. Let's dive into that Coach's Corner. Audiovisual consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Uh, okay, so uh, on the coaching side, the one one of the things that's, that's similar, I think I think you know Mac Brown had a dynamic personality when he got here. Um, Steve Sarkeesian has a pretty dynamic personality, uh, and they're about this. They're, they're similar age that when Mac got here in in 1998 to when Sark got here, you know, three seasons ago now. Uh, and the other thing I see as a parallel is, is staff continuity. Sark is big on keeping the staff together, and one of the things Diamante Tucker Dorsey told us earlier in the week is he's. It's amazing how how close the coaches are, because he talked about that, that one of the things he loved. Because remember, you know, D- Tuck played at James Madison, and then transferred here. So he said because we asked him the difference, the culture here versus the culture there, and he said a lot different here. He said he'd never been around a coach who's so genuine and open and vulnerable. He used a word that, that Sark will tell you his story. He'll tell you where, you know, his downs and his ups and his, his ride to get where he's at. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an everyday challenge for him. Uh, but he, then I asked him about the other coaches. Are they as vulnerable and open? He said, they all are. I mean, they, they all, it's amazing how, how close they get along uh, with one another as a staff, which that's similar to what Mac Brown built here at Texas, where the staff was together and united. Everyone knew their role. Uh, also, you know, similar to Mac Brown is the the talent acquisition. Uh, Mac could recruit with anybody, and Steve Sarkeesian uh, certainly has upgraded with his staff the the talent at almost every position on the board. Which is why, you know, the combination of culture and as Derek Johnson, I think, appropriately put it, some guys that are just better than the other guys, right? Some guys who are just better than you. And Derek Johnson was that immediately. And uh, I think the Longhorns feel like they have some of those, some of those guys on both sides of the ball who just. You know, they're just better than the guys you have. Yeah, and they're and they're stacking with younger players and young talent, which you know drives the competition up and makes it so everybody yeah. gets better. And you can you can feel that happening. You got people, you know, breathing down your neck if you if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. This says uh, Longhorn Mountain Rushmore: Derek Johnson, Kenneth Sims, Tommy Nobis, Jerry Gray. Pretty good. I go yeah. with that. I go with that. I mean, there'll be some people arguing, but uh, I can I can't. Can't argue with that. But I'm uh, just defense players. That's just the Longhorn oh, defense. Yeah, you, defensive. I feel like Earl. Earl might be. Oh, in there if you too. go, well, if you go total. Oh, we're doing, just going. We're just doing going. Texas football. Mount Rushmore. I'm going. Would you go Daryl Royal, 
Earl we, Campbell, Vince Young. Vince Young. I put Tommy Novus. Oh, are we just doing defense? Was that? We're doing the entire uh, program. Oh, gotcha. And you know, do you coach Royal or Coach Mack? I mean, Coach Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're one of the two. But then, you know, do Coach maybe think, Ricky Vince? What? Oh yeah, Ricky won a Heisman. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, so maybe we, we need more than four. And the defense, uh, you might put Earl Thomas too. The other Earl. oh man, that whole <laughs> that whole defense that went to the National Football League from 05 and 06 Oof. and beyond. I mean, they were unbelievable. Okay, so. Uh, Wanted to play this piece of audio. And we're going to talk to Gene Watson coming up at the bottom of the hour. Talk Major League Baseball, Astros, Rangers this weekend. His thoughts on uh, the first half of the baseball season, how active the trade deadline may be. Uh, of course, uh, end of July, so you got about a month where that'll heat up. Also got uh, the Shohei Otani story. But so earlier, I don't know if you heard this, you know, the national radio guy, Colin Cowherd, uh, had a commentary recently about, you know, he, he fears that Oklahoma, in their move to the Southeastern Conference, he you know he he's concerned that they could become like Nebraska where Nebraska moved to the Big 10 and they became irrelevant they lost their recruiting base um you know they're not on TV much they just become a mediocre program and and I think Colin was accurate when he said you know in his lifetime I've never there's only been one program that went from powerhouse to off the radar and that was Nebraska right and they have uh he he, he opined that maybe Oklahoma could be headed to a similar path in the SEC well yesterday Bob Stoops was on the radio up in Norman and uh, wanted to disagree with our man Colin Cowherd saying, no, 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 Oklahoma in the SEC is the perfect fit. Here's Bob Stoops yesterday here in our coach's corner. Those people are, you know, aren't, you know, thinking properly. Where, where's Nebraska located? I heard Colin Cowherd talking about it because of recruiting. And he said, well, Oklahoma in state, we only signed three or four guys. Well, we're, we're, we're not just Oklahoma. All the right. way down into Dallas is home territory for us, as much as it is anybody else. And that's what they're not taking into account. Nebraska, geographically, is removed, uh, you know, a good ways from, from any real strong, fertile recruiting area. We're not. And, and that's, a, that's a big difference. And, uh, you know, we, I, I, we, we fit in the SEC perfectly, and I believe it's going to help us recruit. And, uh, you know, I, I believe we'll handle it just fine. And you can't compare it to, to you know, that's, it's the offseason. They're just filling up airtime. <laughs> There's Bob Stoops. By the way, the uh, XFL Coach of the Year or champion coach. Is that what he was? He won the XFL? Bob Stoops? I stopped paying attention after week two. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yeah, they did win the championship, though. They, I, the Dallas whatever the heck they're called. Bernie, 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 no. Whatever. Yeah. They, they won the championship. Like, this offseason when coaching hires are going to need to be made, you know, there's some talk that, that if A&M doesn't get it done, Jimbo could be, you know, in peril. There's, there's always going to be a coaching cycle. Is someone going to call Bob Stoops? Well, did Bob Stoops, I mean, he's only 58 years old. He, he certainly still wants to be around the game. He just coached in the XFL. Is, it, is there any doubt that uh, that guy will be a, a commodity if he's even interested in coming back into college football? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's – remember, Bob Stoops – you know, his dad was a football coach, a high school football coach in Youngstown, and he died at you know, a young age of a heart attack uh, coaching. And, and, you know, Bob kind of wants to enjoy his life, I think, is some of that. He did come back for coach their bowl game when Lincoln Riley bolted to USC. But I don't know. They're, 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 he, Bob Stoops is better than a lot of the coaches that are coaching college football right now. Yeah, maybe he's referencing he feels good about where it's going. In case something happens, maybe he's stepping back in. You wonder, you wonder. I mean, I'd make if I'm an AD and I'm going to fire my coach, I'm at least calling Bob Stoops to gauge his because he he can certainly coach the game and run a big time program, or he just wants to hang out and live in Norman and do his thing.
But I, Oklahoma's not a program I would underestimate. I we, we as Texas fans know that firsthand. <laughs> it says Oklahoma has a nice ring to it. Oklahoma, <laughs> yeah, there's there's old Stoops putting a, putting a pause on anybody's thoughts about uh, Oklahoma going anywhere. They they want to be in the SEC. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we will get into David Pierce in our coach's corner. Of course, we didn't mention it in the headlines because we went right to Derek Johnson. But uh, David Pierce is changing out pitching coaches. It appears. Uh, Woody Williams, after one year, according to D1Baseball.com and the Austin American Statesman, will not return. And we'll certainly talk about that coming up. Also, the Hot or Not topics and Gene Watson. Uh, first quick time out. We're coming right back on a Friday. It's Bucky and Aaron. Appreciate Derek Johnson, a Longhorn legend, joining us, doing great work in our community. Inner city kids learning to keep it on the reading path with libraries. That's pretty cool. I've seen. Some, I went. I was looking at some of the website some pictures. It's pretty cool. They take the library and make it look like a, a kid, a place every kid would want to be. Right, big fat heads on the wall, and just as he said, make it, you know, not just this dull, sterile, scary library kind of thing with all these books, but make it a, a an appealing place to hang out and be, and the place kids want to go. Um, pretty smart, pretty sharp, and yeah, I know you're. Uh, you have been around Derek Johnson. That's an impressive guy. Yeah, he's great. I love what he's what he's done and tied back to what his his mom does into his charity. Yeah, what a great player too, Derek Johnson, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and of course a lifetime Longhorn. Uh, we're talking to Gene Watson here in a moment. He's down in the Dominican Republic. We'll find out why, but he's also uh, our go-to when it's time to talk some baseball. Speaking of it, we're talking about the growth of college baseball. How about uh, ESPN? It's preparing to broadcast the MLB draft. Um, and you know, normally the MLB draft is kind of a afterthought on the it airs on the MLB network. And if you got to be a real seam head to find it and watch it, uh, but ESPN is going to try to make it like they do with the NFL and the NBA draft uh, to grow it. And of course, just watching the College World Series with the Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz and White Langford and all these great players, I and mean, those guys are going to go off the board early. So ESPN stepping it up. We told you that Monday night college baseball game with LSU and Florida was the most watched College World Series or college baseball game of all time on ESPN. So ESPN taking that and running with it. Uh, the growth of college baseball will continue. Speaking of uh, the hardball, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and talk to a great friend of our show. Uh, he is with the Kansas City Royals uh, in the front office there doing great stuff, but he's in the Dominican Republic this morning. Our friend Gene Watson. Gino, how are you? Good morning, Aaron. How are you? What's uh, what's in the DR? Obviously scouting of some kind? Yeah, you know, this is the first year of a program we launched where we bring our entire professional scouting staff to the Dominican Republic, and um, we basically disperse each morning and hit the camps and watch games and gather as much info as you can. And uh, it's been a really, really productive and amazing trip. Uh, When you look at around the league and look at Ezekiel Duran at Texas and Yuli De La Cruz at Cincinnati, this is where a lot of the impact players are coming from. So we're just launching efforts to – be more productive down here. Yeah, and you saw the the kid throw the perfect game the other night for the Yankees. He's Dominican from the Dominican Republic, first pitcher to throw a a, a perfect game from the DR. Uh, he is Gene Watson, Kansas City Royals vice president and assistant to general manager for Major League Scouting, and talking some baseball. Before we talk some uh, some big picture baseball, give me give us a, a Shohei Otani story because we do the radio every morning, Gene, and try to describe what this guy is and what he's doing. And you know, you're 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 a legend in the scouting realm. You worked with him and were around him in Anaheim for the year you were out there. Is there any way to to put proper adjectives on what this this, this guy is doing right now and what type of player he is? Aaron, there really isn't. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it in my time in the game. It was such a blessing to be able 
to work with him for a year and just the way he goes about his business, the, the pressure of having an entire country watch you every night, every time you step out of your car, hotel room, whatever it is, an entire country is watching you. And uh, one of the things that we focused on when, when we got to L.A. was just do what you do, but be a part of the 26-man roster. And he, you know, he was all about it. He's done an amazing job. And, and what people don't realize is he's a little practical joker. He likes to have fun with his teammates and uh, truly one of the, the greatest talents that I've ever seen in my time in the game. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the best. When it's all said and done, we'll see. But he's only 28 years old. And as you, you point out accurately, I mean, he's got an entire country. I mean, he's got his own media throng that follows him and, um, you know, some you know, LA is a big market for everybody, but at the same time, he's got his, his own country following his every move, and he's living up to it. Uh, and and you know, speak to just the, the the challenge that that is to be an everyday pitcher and then be an everyday hitter and position player on top of that. And I mean, it, it's tough for for this a position player or, or a pitcher to do that. He's doing both, and it seems he does it pretty pretty effortlessly. But I know there's a lot of effort that goes into it. You're literally, uh, your time is not of your own from the moment you wake up. I mean, I've heard great stories about Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter, and uh, I was fortunate enough to work with Nolan Ryan for four years, and just the, the regimen that they have <clears throat> and the, the schedule that they keep just to, you know, your workout, your diet, everything that goes into one day, think about doing that on both sides of the ball. And it's an incredibly daunting task as far as a work management, time management, and uh Epi, his, his translator and, and, uh, and personal aide, does an amazing job of keeping him focused, uh, keeping him, you know, making sure he's being a part of the 26-man roster and, and interacting with his teammates. And just the media demands, it's unbelievable what he has to go through from a media standpoint. Now you, you couple in, you've got a team that's fighting for a playoff spot, and, you know, he's arguably, you know, going to be the most sought-after free agent in the game's history so you're just adding a lot of more onto the plate that's already there for a guy that goes on both sides of the ball and, and is incredibly gifted on both sides. Gene, is there any, Gene Watson is with us. Is there any way to put a value on what he does? I mean, that's going to be the next step. When and I, I think everybody that loves baseball hopes Shohei and the Angels make the playoffs so we can see him in some, some primetime October games. But he is a pending free agent. Is there any – I mean, how do you even put a value on what he does? I don't think you can, and, and the bigger part with free agency for me personally is it's not what they've been, it's what they're going to be for your team. And, you know, he's 30 years old, he's got five, six good years, uh, but there is going to come a time where, you know, he does age, that the injuries may start to take the factor, and he's going to have to, you know, pick one side of the ball more than the other as, as the contract moves forward. So I think as a team that's talking about spending three, four, five hundred million dollars on him, I think I think you can get wrapped up into the the uh, the hype or the the storyline of it all, and you're certainly going to do an amazing thing with your fan base and generating dollars for your fan base. But the on-field performance, I think you've really got to really examine not what he's been, but what he's going to be for your team for the next five six years and how it fits into your roster presently. Uh, Astros Rangers this weekend, Gene. Is it you know it's it's, it's rough to say as an Astros fan that a, a four game series in early July is a critical series, but it feels like it is for Houston. Uh, the Rangers, you know, got the four starters at All Star Game announced yesterday. They've got a tremendous roster. Uh, even with the Jacob Degrom injury, they seem like they're built to 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 make a a strong run this year. Astros just feel like they're trying to hold on here through some injuries and get Jordan Alvarez back in the lineup. This one, if the Astros don't play well this weekend in Arlington, they could be way behind uh, coming in uh, out of the Fourth of July. 
Well, <clears throat> I don't think there's any panic in the, in the organization. They're a half game out of the wild card. Uh, and, and you nailed it when you talk about the injuries. And the way the schedule is working this year, it's so unique in the fact that one team will go through a really seven to 10 day stretch of a really brutal schedule. And another team will have a little lapse where they feel like, Hey, if we can just beat the teams we're supposed to beat, we can gather some ground, but that, that also flips for each opponent. So the, the, the balance schedule has been unbelievable. Sure. And I think it's created a lot of great storylines this year. Uh, but I don't think there's any, because you know, once you get in, if you're healthy in September, October, once you get in, it's anybody's guess, and they're so experienced, and, and they've just been there so many times that I don't think there's any panic to it. Uh, I do believe Texas is one of the best offenses I've seen. I mean, when you're seven-hole hitters hitting over 300, that, that really speaks a lot to uh, your, your offense. And, and they, they've sent a message from day one in spring training that they are in it to win it, and they've got a great system, and I would look forward to them making some moves to improve the team. But – Right now, you got 15 teams that are uh, still in playoff contention. Some of those markets are in fan bases that, you know, they haven't really had a lot of winning when you look at Cincinnati. And so uh, I think that's going to affect the market and the way teams go about it at the trade deadline. But I think it's going to be a super second half for baseball. 483 runs already for the Texas Rangers, uh, highest scoring team in baseball. And it's amazing how, how the pitching staff, they've, only, they've allowed 326. The Astros, 321. Astros have had the best pitching staff this year, even with the injuries. But Rangers, man, playing, playing really well on both sides of the ball at 49 and 32. Uh, Bruce Bochy has been a great uh, leader for that locker room. Uh, and you mentioned it, their farm system, because they brought in so many players from the outside, Gene, you know, pitching staff, uh, Seeger and Simeon, and you know, bringing, making those trades for Jonah Heim. They're, there's been kind of a cap on their minor leagues, you know, to, you know, a ceiling for players, which means they've got some some really top prospects. If they need to go make some moves to fill some holes here, how active do you think they will be? How active of a of a July do you think we're going to have up to the trade deadline at the end of the month? I think we're going to have a very active deadline. I think it's going to be one of the more active deadlines we've had in a while. But I think what it's going to be is need based uh, with very talented players. I think there's going to be some situations where hey, we've got pitching and you've got offense, let's flip some players. That way I think there will be bad money deals where organizations attach a bad contract to it and maybe pay a little more in prospect to give themselves some flexibility in trading for a rental and then locking that rental up. But you nailed it. I mean, the Rangers system, when you talk about Owen White, Jack Ladder, Takoa Roby, Kamar Rocker, Colwyn, Evan Carter, I mean, they uh, Acuna, who's in Frisco, they've really got a tremendous system and a chance to uh, really do a lot of damage, not only in 2023, but for years to come. Yeah, and they also had the fourth pick in that amateur draft we were talking about coming up uh, July the 11th. They're going to have a top five uh, selection there as well to add another uh, top prospect and piece to to what they're doing on the farm. Somebody asked about the Atlanta Braves, Gene. Do you think uh, we were talking about teams that are in it to win it? Uh, how active do you think they will be in the in this month? And look at the Cincinnati Reds over there doing unbelievable things. It's great to get that city and that market back invested because uh, that's as, that's as fun a young team as we've seen come along in a while. You know, the interesting thing is in, in talking to clubs, everybody, the one thing that everybody needs is starting pitching. And not necessarily that high-impact guy like a, a, like a Marcus Stroman or a Lance Lynn, but, but somebody to get you in, somebody to just chew up innings because there's been so many injuries at the major league level this year um, that, that teams are really scrambling for length. I mean, you ultimately want six starters to give you 1,000 innings over the course of 162 games. And there have been so many injuries at the major league level that if you don't have those innings coming from your system, it can be very paralyzing. And as we move into July and August and September, 
uh, the volume of number of arms that can just give you length four, five, six inning games decreases. And so I think a lot of teams are getting out in front right now trying to find those starters that might be able to just get you there uh, and because we have the team once we get in to have a chance to win. So it's going to be interesting with the, the supply and demand aspect of starting pitching around the league. I think you're going to have teams calling other teams and saying, hey, would you move this guy? And there'll be guys that the organization didn't necessarily plan on trading, but the, the, the return that they can get back for the future of the organization is just too much to pass by. So look for some interesting uh, trades to be coming up on teams, those teams that are like four and five games out of the wild card that have a good starter with a little bit of control, and maybe they can impact their organization with a bigger deal in July. Uh, always the best. He is Gene Watson, Kansas City Royals Vice President, Assistant General Manager for Scouting. Has also a uh, been honored with the Legends in Scouting Award, which uh, grateful for all the work he's done over 25, 30 years in the ball game. Uh, Gene, appreciate it as always. I know you're you're busy down there in the Dominican Republic doing some scouting. Thanks for taking some time this morning to preview the weekend and uh, talk some baseball. All right, Aaron. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Right, there's Gene Watson. Uh, always available to us. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, he's that's, great. It's a guy who's on the phone right now in front offices and uh, knowing what's coming. His team's in last place, but they'll they'll get back because after they won two World Series with with Gene being there, they they kind of tore down that that Royals team and now they're trying to rebuild it in Kansas City. Uh, but Shohei Otani, you forget about that, Nick. The the media uh, stress he has because you know he's got an entire Japanese media throng that follows him wherever they go, and certainly you're following the Angels, but you're also specifically him. Yeah, his his life must just be nonstop. I, I think about I think about off the ball. You know, he's he's so busy on the ball, pra- like practicing, staying in staying in form, and then you know having to deal with that off the ball. It's just it it seems like it never stops for him. All right, coming up, we'll hit the hot or not topics. Ty, who uh, had a nice night at the Deep Eddy Cabaret last night, we'll get some updates on that. Also, it looks like uh, what is it? Ocean Gate looks like they need to update their website. Uh, might want to do that. We'll also, uh, <laughs> after the top of the hour, reset our headlines, get into this Woody Williams-David Pierce conversation. Also, we'll hear from Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference on the state of the SEC, with Texas and Oklahoma joining. Also, the state of college athletics in general. That's coming all on a busy Friday here on b and What's hot? And what's not? Friday on the Horn, being here with you. Busy 7 o'clock hour. Appreciate Gene Watson. Keep an eye on those uh, trades coming down as July hits. In addition to all the NBA free agency that will begin tonight at midnight. As Gene just said, could be a very active trade market even early in July, ahead of the deadline, ahead of the All-Star break. Keep an eye there. Also, Derek Johnson, uh, Longhorn legend, joining us, talking all things Longhorn football, NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey, by the way, did win the match last night, the golf made-for-TV golf event in which uh, they beat the Splash Brothers, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And they were some pretty bad golf shots I saw on, on some of the highlights. I did not watch that last night, Nick Shuley. But um, I'm a golf I'm a golfer. I like to play golf. I don't need to watch that. Yeah, and, and his in outfit Vegas. his outfit was is a perfect candidate for hot or not. Yes, Kelsey's outfit that is. Yes, Travis Kelsey. It was it was a matching looks like a onesie ensemble. <laughs> uh, but can we play? Did you can you play this tie? This is uh, Charles Barkley making a, a special announcement last night, which I thought was really cool. Um, the highlight of of the night, I guess, because after outside of Mahomes and Kelsey winning again, uh, outside of, after their Super Bowl championship back in February, here was Charles Barkley uh, breaking some news to Ernie Johnson. Hey guys, uh, can I say something, Ernie? Uh, <laughs> I think you already are. <laughs> okay, uh, 
This is big. This is big. I want to be the first. I'm the only person up here knows this. I want to be the first person. It's an honor and a privilege to congratulate Ernie Johnson going into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Chuckster, what are you talking about? Uh, I, they, they told me, and I said, they said, would you do this? I said, it'd be an honor. It's an honor and a privilege to tell you Ernie Johnson, congratulations, brother. Yeah. Man, well that said. is that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I and you know what? I'm taking the rest of the day off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. And whoever whoever is responsible for that, whoever um, votes on that, I am humbled beyond words. So thank you so much. Means the world to me. I've been at this been at this for uh been at this for thirty four years. Uh at the same place been over 40 years in broadcasting and uh i'm stunned so thank you so much i appreciate that very much pretty cool pretty cool uh so going into the uh broadcasting hall of fame and rightfully so one of the best one of the more humble guys out there does a great job navigating that circus on the <laughs> nba pre and post game show with the uh, shack and barkley and kenny the jet also on the broadcasting side jj watt the uh, greatest Houston Texan ever. Uh, it was announced yesterday he's going to be working with CBS Sports with a studio gig, uh, doing some broadcasting. So done with football, J.J. on his way to the Hall of Fame, uh, now going to be working for CBS. I think he'll do a pretty good job. Yeah, he's great. He'll, he'll do a good job. Uh, no, no, he's, a, he's a little Jason Whitney to me. Jason Whitney? Yeah, that's, that's fair. It'll, he's yeah. got more personality than Whitten did. He does. Same kind. Same I, kind I'll give of you, personality, I agree with that, though. too. Uh, well, you know, you got to have some personality when you get into I, it. I agree it's pretty with white. He's pretty white. Well, he's pretty damn good, by the way. At football. We'll see if he's going to broadcast. We'll see. Uh, and, of course, you're a Dallas homer, so you hate all things Houston. I know that. Uh, he's you? a good guy. I know that. He's a bit corny, uh, in my opinion. Real quick, you brought this to my attention. You know, Ocean Gate with the submersible implosion cost five people their lives. It, it turns out on their website you can still book future voyages. To the Titanic wreckage. They might want to update that, right? I mean, yeah, I'm sure it, there's not a rush. In the story I read, it said they were grieved. The employees are grieving still. Oh, so that's fair. Even though that would we'll probably take the site take down. Them. Yeah, I would just take that site yeah. down. Yikes! Yeah, that there. It said there are two uh, two expeditions with I believe eight spots available on each expedition. So if you're a gambling person, that might be a fun one. Do they have a, a backup? Yeah, that's a hard no. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I don't think the one that uh, they. They used last time. Well, well be, and we uh, said this earlier gosh. in the week, Nick, but uh, the show Mythbusters apparently did an episode in 2009 that actually enacted what an implosion of that magnitude would have been on a human body. They actually, like, made a fake person out of pig parts and submersed it and blew it, I mean, imploded it. And just to put it on camera, what would actually happen to the human body? Um and now there's like a, it's gone viral. Everybody wants to go back and watch this episode from 15 years ago. I have no interest in seeing it. None I can of, imagine. None of what you just said interests me at all. Like, <laughs> No interest at all to see it. I mean, I grew up as a kid watching these videotapes, Ty, called Faces of Death. Do you remember these? Oh, my These gosh. videos and people. Is would... that the thing you had to watch during Driver's Ed? No. No, no, no. <laughs> no that was red... I didn't show these in school. That these was, were like bootlegs. That, that was red concrete, I think. You know, bad. every once in a while you could find a blockbuster that would, would rent them or something. But, yeah. They were just v- VCR. You put them in your VCR, and they're like horrible, gruesome deaths. Oh. And I, I know you can do that now online, and you can just watch it digitally and watch it on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, but I don't need to see that. There's not something I need to see. Um, yeah. Somebody who's my age will remind me about the Faces of Death um, series. 
Oh man! Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, people, my buddies would get together and say, "I, I got, I got one." My brother gave me the tape. Come over and watch it. I'm like, I'm, I'm out. I, yeah. I don't need to watch that at all. Uh, so yeah, it's not hot on that. My childhood was full of more grosser videos than anything else. Oh, you the gross ones? <laughs> yeah, numb down. Uh, also hot on the I don't new. Know if you would be. I am hot on the new Indiana Jones coming out tonight uh, in theaters today, as they say. It is. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. 80-year-old Harrison Ford is back as Indy. Dr. Jones. Um, I'm in. Are you Love going the to the f- premiere tonight? No. No. <laughs> I-, I might go see you this weekend, honestly, uh, maybe. if I got some downtime. Maybe. I guess we are off for a few days. I'll be pretty bored. What do you have for us on Hot or Not there, T.Y.? A little update on the Elon Musk-Zuckerberg uh, situation. Ooh, the, fight uh, of the century. The Minister of Culture in Italy has offered for the fight to take place in the Colosseum. The Roman Colosseum? Yes. Isn't it in ruins? No. Is it set up to fight? Paul McCartney uh, performed there in 2003. Um, Did he really? Yeah. Man, I I feel like I was there like last year, and it did not look tourism ready. I don't know. I mean, I've never been. So so Zuckerberg, this is a global event, right? Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, these are global figures. Doesn't have to be in the United States. Uh... Roman Coliseum. Take it to a different level. I'm That'd in. be awesome. I think it'd be pretty cool. Like the gladiators. Yeah. Except oh, not. Man. Except not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Maximus. You know what I'm saying? The Titans of Tech. <laughs> the Titans of Tech. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, Indiana Jones coming out tonight. Uh, I was, what, seven, eight, eight or nine years old when the first one came out. And it was one of those movies that kind of stopped time for me. I was like, oh, man. I thought I was a Star Wars freak. I thought I really liked Han Solo and Harrison Ford's role of that. Man, I was sold. On Dr. Jones. Yeah, all in. All oh, in. Of course, of course, everybody wanted a bullwhip then. We had to get their bullwhip. We'll be back. Be any on the horn.